Welcome to One Haas, a podcast devoted to bringing the Haas community closer together through your stories. I'm your host, Sean Lee, and my mission is to help open our eyes to the network we never knew we had. So today I'm joined by Julia Nachayeva of the Full-Time MBA 2018 program. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sean. Thanks you for having me. I'm uh, so happy to have you here because Julia was my GSI, funny <laughs> enough, for marketing class. My, I think it was my third core class. What grade did you get from that class? I got an A. Okay, cool. So, cool. I'm, very, so I'm good here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> really happy with that. Today, I want to talk to you about some product management because that's what you're going into. But I think the bigger topic is your project at Haas with the, uh, the culture. Sure. Um, but before we do that... Let's have you walk me through your background a little bit, um, starting from, you know, you're from Ukraine originally, correct? Yes. And interesting that I was born in Soviet Ukraine Mm. and the way it worked back there, my parents saw the only way for me to become a successful person is to learn math. Mm -hmm. And that's why they got me to apply to math Mm -hmm. university. And given that education in Soviet Union and in post-Soviet countries is still mostly free. Mm -hmm. So I had to go there. I didn't have any reason to reject my parents' desires. The education was free. Yeah, education was free. So... I got my applied math degree and then I started working in tech. So I started as a software test engineer. Mm -hmm. Think about that as about engineer who doesn't code, but Uh who helps real engineers to code. Okay. So then I probably was a person who asked more questions than any other person. So that's why they quickly promoted me to become a team leader. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Moscow and then interesting life started. (laughs) Why is that? So, because in Moscow, I joined a company who published really big online games. Mm. You don't know these games when there is an online world and a lot of characters mm-hmm. playing at the same time, like World of Warcraft and yeah. all that. So, th- this was the company that was publishing games like this. I see. In Russia? Yeah, in Russia. So, we bought titles and we published it. We translated the game published it in our servers. We were responsible for marketing, for everything. And so I joined this company. And I think at that moment, I realized that tech is not boring. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah. So after, so this was at Innova? Yeah, it was Innova. So after Innova, uh, where did you go? So I wanted to talk a little bit more about Innova because okay. Innova was the best company I've ever worked mm-hmm. for. And the reason why was because of its CEO. So the CEO was a guy my age, mm-hmm. and he was, he was thinking about himself as about great entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And he basically, he gave resources to any idea his employers had. And mm-hmm. so I, I came to him one day and say, you know what? We don't have any children games. Let's start doing children games. Mm. He even didn't ask me why. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Julia wants to do children games. Let's yeah. give her resources. Wow. And so I became a product manager. So he helped me and I launched the first children game for this company. And I then see. I wanted to move the game to mobile. Mm-hmm. 
And then we separated our department as a separate company. So basically it was like startup studio developing mobile games for kids. I see. And we launched several apps in the US market. Mm. And then, as I said, my CEO was kind of entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so he started a real estate project mm. and he shut down all small project that he was investing in. I see. And so that's when I came to Yandex. I see. And Yandex, I'm not sure whether you know, Yandex is basically Russian version of Google. Mm. So I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Yandex owns the fourth world largest search engine. I see. And Yandex has 60% of Russian-speaking search market. I see. So we beat Google in Russia. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But is Google in Russia as yeah, well? Yeah, Google is in Russia. I but see. Google is not as local as Yandex. Okay. Because I believe Russia is not the high priority market for Google. Mm -hmm. And so they do not go to every small city and they do not do really great job I in see. small cities. I mean, Google's not even in China at all. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just like banned in China. Yeah. So this is uh, Yandex, right? Yeah. You were there for almost a uh, little over, almost three years. Yeah. yeah. What brought you to uh, Haas? So I was working in Yandex and I realized that I didn't want to grow to general management. Mm. And in Russia, I've already worked in the best company that I could work for. Mm -hmm. And so there was not many opportunities for me to move horizontally as a product manager. I see. Because like Yandex has a limited number of products. And so I wanted to come to Silicon Valley mm. and it's the best place to be in Silicon Valley if us. <laughs> right. Yeah. You basically moved to the US to come to school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So I've never lived or worked abroad. Mm -hmm. I mean, Russia and Ukraine culturally are the same. Yeah. So I came to the US just two weeks before my program started. For the first time? No, no, I, I've been, I've been here. Okay, okay. I've been here. That's uh, amazing. And what's your experience been like so far? It exceeded all my expectations. Really, I so much love it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you uh, look to move here? And I don't know if you can talk about this, but, <laughs> but would you be looking to move here permanently? Yes, because I'm joining Google mm -hmm. in August. And so yeah. I definitely consider... Want to stay here? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any family here? No, all? my fa so I have a partner. He was one year before me at my program. Mm. And currently he is working in Seattle in Amazon. Got it. But he is looking for his way to move back right. here to be with me. I see. But my, my parents are still in Ukraine. That's cool. What is the Russian side of Ukraine? And this may be a controversial topic as well. So, you know, when I, before I came here, I was never thinking whether I'm Russian or I'm Ukrainian. Because for me, it was the same. Mm -hmm. And only from being outside, I kind of started thinking of who I am. Right. And I think, I think I'm both. Mm. I mean, politically, I'm definitely Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. But like culturally, I think I'm more Russian. Mm -hmm. Just because my family have always spoken Russian. Right. And I learned Ukrainian as my second language in, in school. Right. So I'm mostly familiar and I mostly love Russian literature, Russian culture. Mm -hmm. As with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, Russia and China have very close ties. That's very interesting you say that because that's something, you know, even in Chinese culture, um, in any of these 
big countries, right? I think as a foreigner, we tend to take it for granted that there are many smaller groups of people. Mm -hmm. And just because we call Russia, Russia, or uh, China, China, it doesn't mean that it's not made up of all these different groups of people with different cultures and different backgrounds. Um, And I give people the comparison that it's just like the European Union. They've been trying to unify, create this EU, right? But imagine EU 100 years from now where it's just called the EU. Yeah. uh, And no longer are countries, you know, France and Germany separate. Um, It's kind of that idea uh, that there's still big differences between the groups, but we just call it EU. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about uh, China, India, and uh, Russia sometimes. But take even the U.S. When my friends ask me, why did I move to the U.S.? Mm -hmm. I'm answering, I didn't move to the U.S. I moved to the Bay Area, (laughs) right? Because it's like so different. Yeah. And I wouldn't be at any other place. No offense, I love the U.S. I Uh traveled, I visited 11 states. Mm -hmm. We traveled... Last winter break, we traveled on a motorcycle through Arizona, Nevada, California, and then we did a road trip through uh, Montana, Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, and Colorado. Oh, no. No, no, no. The, the, the second one was on a car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I visited a lot of states. Uh-huh. I love it here, but I think Bay Area is the only one where I want to live. To live long term. Yeah. That's that's amazing. That's great. So uh, tell me about your internships in uh, at, at Amazon for product management and also kind of what led you to Google. So I spent my last summer in Seattle mm. working in Amazon. It was great experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seattle, part yeah. of my experience was amazing uh-huh. <laughs> because there were 15 houses in the summer in oh, wow. Seattle and we had our WhatsApp chat. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I left house. Okay. Because we were like, we were partying, we went on a 20 mile hike, we went on 30 mile bike trip, we were meeting each other almost right. every day, so it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted, basically, I wanted to try whether Amazon is for me. I see. Yeah. And I really, I'm really happy that I took that opportunity because I know that Amazon is not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess what is it in the, uh, the, the search engine space that attracts you? Like to be at Google, you know, to have been at Yandex and now wanting to go to Google. So I do not see Google and Yandex as search engine companies. Okay. I for me, it's a company that builds internet services, leveraging data they have from search. Mm. And that's what I like more in Google rather than, with, rather than in Amazon, because Amazon tries to sell you mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And me, as a spontaneous shopper, I hate this. Mm-hmm. I hate when Amazon pushes me to buy something. Mm-hmm. But okay, I understand that nobody can push me. It's my decision, but I do not <laughs> like to be pushed to that decision. Right. Versus Google, that I, I feel like uh, helps me to solve problems, to solve challenges that I have. Right. And that's why I chose to That makes Google. sense. I like that perspective. It's, it's uh, Google provides you with options, basically, yeah, yeah. to explore yeah. and um, figure out what it is that you want. Yeah. That's true. Like, 
what I saw in Amazon that they are they call themselves a tech company. Mm-hmm. But for me, a person who comes from tech, they were more retail company yeah, than a tech yeah. one. Absolutely. Yeah. So they they are definitely the more logistics too. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. are definitely more tech than Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. but they are so much less tech than Google. Right. So Julia, tell me about this uh, culture preservation project that you're working on. How did you get involved with it? Uh, how did you even find out about it? Okay, so... And what it is. So we are a team of students mm-hmm. and we are working very closely with Rich Lyons, mm-hmm. who is current dean of Haas and who is one of the people who basically helped me to make this decision mm. to go, come to Haas because when, when you hear how he speaks yeah you just okay i want to be i want to be here i want to be led by this person yeah and so this is this project is about how can we make sure that culture will be preserved after dean is being transitioned mm. because okay. a new person might come and she or he might have her his own agenda yeah and we wanted to make easier for the new dean to continue working on culture. Mm. And so Dean and his team asked us to to do some research mm-hmm. and to find gaps that can be easily covered right now. And so I think it was a great opportunity for us to get together and to have this ticket to talk to people. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, hey, I'm Julia, I want to preserve the culture. Yeah. It's rather, hey, we are a team, we are working with Dean, we all together want to preserve a culture, talk Absolutely. to us. And people people are so much more open when they know that this is initiative that is led by Haas leadership. Right. And so I learned about this. This is a part of a class. The class is called Social Sector Solutions, hmm. which is basically client-oriented work when nonprofit organizations come to Haas and they are connected with student teams hmm. and student teams work as external consultants. I see. And so we just were lucky to get Haas as our client. As your client, yeah. I see. Yeah. Wait, so Haas School itself came yeah. as a client yeah. 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 for this, uh, this project. Yeah. And let me ask you this, what are, the, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered so far as, as a team trying to solve this uh, culture preservation topic? I think the biggest challenge for me was to adjust my level of excitement hmm. with reality. And what I mean by that is that, for example, I might come to a person who runs one of her departments mm-hmm. with an idea mm-hmm. and she might show me that they are already doing it. Mm. And so I think the main challenge was to find something that that team of really smart and passionate people mm-hmm. have not seen yet. Yeah, and that, that is a, a challenge that I feel like um, we do run into sometimes is because Haas is so big, not just Haas, yeah. but Berkeley as a whole is so big that... Sometimes you don't even know what people are doing, yeah. um, and that's something that I hope you know. With my next two years here, that I can also help try to figure out is how to spread information about what people are doing, yeah. so that people that have similar interests or similar ideas can join together to uh, collaborate. Yeah, yeah. Versus everyone being in their own pockets. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, you shared with me a lot the other day about this project and just kind of your vision for it, or the vision of the team, I should say. Are there any thoughts or advice um, or anything that you can give to current and future students about how we can better preserve the Haas culture? I think the most important thing we should remember about leadership principles that 
they are not static. So first of all, they are not static for every person throughout the years, mm. throughout her his career path, right? When you join your MBA program, you are one person. Mm -hmm. In six months, you are another person. Mm. Perhaps more mature person or vice versa, but you are different. <laughs> right. You know so much more. You interacted with so much more people. You've got through so much more different life situations. Right. And so what I would like to remind people that leadership principles, they are so great because they have so much inside them. Mm -hmm. So you should remember that you might interpret them differently at different point of your life. I see. And coming with that, what's important to remember that other people as well might interpret them differently because mm -hmm. they might be a different point of their lives. I mean, look, when we come, it's September. Mm -hmm. We are so excited to see each other. We, we want to learn about each other. We want to learn about ourselves. We shape each other. Right. We have a lot of activities. We are being reinforced to do some stuff. We participate in a lot of events. So we are building our community. Right. In the second year, when we've got through our first internship, we kind of tested ourselves through real world. Mm -hmm. And then we come back. So we, we should rebuild our community because old rules no longer work. Mm. Is it because everyone has changed uh, has changed a little bit because of the summer experience? Yes. And I think the first year is a year of looking for who you are. Mm -hmm. And the second year is a year of living who you are. Living who you are. Okay. And it's like, like that. it presents different challenges. Yeah. So in first year, it's mostly asking questions. Mm -hmm. In second year, it's more telling people who you become. Right. And we have found that there is not enough dialogue among students to discuss those differences in the second year. And that's actually one of our recommendations. We want to establish uh, a space where people might come mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I was trying to leave DLPs in my summer internship, it didn't work for me. Mm. And I, I do not know what to do. Mm. And we do not want people to live with that frustration. We want them to reflect on new information. We want them to exchange their new understanding. I see. If you know what I mean. Be because now they're in a different stage yeah. of the program. Yes, yes. I think that's really important because I have talked to full-time, first-year full-time students now who have shared that anxiety about not knowing who they are. But just you saying that, that, that that's almost the expectation that you should have for the first year is you're still looking for yourself. Yeah. It's totally okay. You know, Don't worry about it because once you have an internship and some real-world experience, you're going to come back and, and really uh, either validate what you decided before or know that at least you don't want this yeah. and have more um, certainty. Yeah. And just having you as a second year you know, MBA share that, I think that's really important. That'll be really good for uh, the first years coming in. What else we have found that during the first year, you are mostly looking for new friends. Mm -hmm. And in the second year, you are deepening relationships that you have built. And so it's getting tougher for people to meet new people just because they do not have so much time. Mm -hmm. And again, this, I believe, another room for improvement mm. for people who are in their second year in Haas. I see. This is our second biggest recommendation. Like, how can we establish more rooms for 
people to talk to each other among different programs, among different years, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Given that people have their own priorities mm -hmm. and given that those priorities are way more described, kind of, they exist. Yeah. They didn't exist in, this, in the first year. Makes sense. Yeah. So let me just recap that the first recommendation you said was to create more dialogue for that transition between first year and second year. And for EWs, it would be our second year to third year. Yeah, <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> and the second recommendation is to encourage more networking. I would expand the meaning of networking. Okay. I would say that in the first year, there are a lot of opportunities to connect. Mm -hmm. In the second year, it's, I believe, not enough. Mm. And so for me, it's not about, it's not only about networking. It's more about how can you leave your DLPs when you are in the second year? Mm. How can you go beyond yourself if there is no charity events anymore? How can you be student always if you already have a job yeah. lined up? Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. Or for example, how can you be confident without attitude mm -hmm. if you compete with people from other schools mm. at networking events. Mm. No, this is great. I think this is a really great conversation. This is something we definitely want to talk to Dean Lyons about before he leaves. And this is definitely a continuing conversation that we want to have on this podcast. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Does it, is it allowed by your rules? Uh, anything. <laughs> there, there are no rules for this podcast. Great. So do you think exact words, but like interpretation. Do, do you think DLPs are changed from year to year with new students coming to us? I think that may be difficult for me to answer because I am a first year, but from my interactions with second and third years, I think people tend to lose sight of it. I think it becomes less of a priority mm -hmm. because like what you're describing, once people have made that pivot into a different career Uh, once they have a job lined up, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's that in the U.S. Uh, there's a term we call senioritis. It's, it's, it means when you become a senior, you have this disease where you're just checked out. You're you're not as involved in school anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can I ask you another question? Mm -hmm. How do you see that people opt out of DLPs rather than they might live with them, but just not in such a public way? I think that is the challenge because in my opinion, as long as you're at Haas and as long as you're part of this community while you're here, I think you should be engaged with it. Not just because, and this is all about beyond yourself, not just, oh, I got what I want out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm good. Thank you. you know, yeah. like, but, but what about students or classmates that haven't figured it out? How can you contribute and help them and in a sense pass that forward? And, and I get it. I, I get it. I've only been here for a year. I haven't been here for two or three years. I don't know what it feels like to be in school for so long and be so <laughs> tired of it. I understand that. But I also want to encourage fellow students um, and, and, and remind myself as well that in my third year, when I have my job set up, when everything's taken care of, and now I'm just taking classes for fun, nobody cares about the GPA anymore, that I am still an active participant in this community. You know That this community wasn't just here, this school experience wasn't just here to serve me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, that we have to give back. Otherwise, if nobody gave back, we wouldn't be here either. Yeah. So... 
it's, it's challenging. It'll be a challenge for everybody, but I think that's why we must, um, I think for me, beyond yourself and student always are the biggest uh, DLPs that I keep closest to me. And question the status quo. Everybody questions uh, things all the time. Maybe <laughs> questions too much sometimes. And um, confidence without attitude. I think naturally, people here are just super nice, and they're they're very confident without attitude. Interesting. So, as I as we've discussed earlier, it's so different for different programs and mm-hmm. for different people. Yeah. We see room for improvement in being confident mm. without attitude. Mm. Because we are more without attitude than confident. Mm. That's very interesting. I think that is a very important point. That sometimes people tend to forget they're at Berkeley. They're at one of the best yeah. institutions in the world. And that is something we'll have to explore more and see how we can help people build that confidence. I, I think one of the ways that I found, at least through this podcast, is helping people discover just how interesting the story is their background, we tend to take that for granted uh, because it happened to me, right? So I know exactly what happened, so it's really not that important. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and you cannot know what, excite, what might excite other else. people about you. Yeah, exactly. And, but when you hear from other people after they hear your story and to say, wow, that was really cool. You did this, you worked at Yandex, you, were, you lived in Russia, you grew up in you know, Ukraine, that's, I can't even imagine that. that. But to me, that is so cool, right? I think sharing these stories and having these opportunities to, to, to share this stuff more with each other, um, that's important. That actually feeds into your second recommendation, yeah, right? Yeah. The more connection yeah, yeah. for, for um, second and third year yeah. students. So. And we want to expand the set of stories and set of behaviors that people live and act thinking that this ideal piece. Mm. I can give you an example. So I was really, it was really fascinating for me. So one of my classmates, so who is second year, he said, people in their second years, they stop being student always. They mm. do not go to the bar of the week mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, why? Like how, how it's connected, like why going to borrow the week is being student always. Yeah. And he's like, I still go there. I want to learn to, to meet new people. Mm-hmm. And I was really fascinated by that. So he goes to mm-hmm. every bar of the week mm-hmm. to meet new people. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a drunker mm-hmm. and he thinks he's a student always. <laughs> we would never learn that about each other if we have not talked. Right. Right. That's uh. That's really interesting. That's a great story. I think we'll have to continue this conversation more. Um, there's so much to talk about with, with Haas culture. And, well, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast today, Julia. Thank you for inviting me this Friday sunny day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go enjoy our Friday now. Okay, <laughs> see you. Thank you for tuning in today. My aim is to bring the Haas community closer together through your stories. We're always looking for Hasis willing to share their stories and experiences so that we can give you more insights into the different programs, different careers, and ultimately different perspectives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to email me for suggestions on how I can improve this podcast, or if you have any recommendations on people or content you'd like to hear. My email is reachshawn at berkeley.edu. That's spelled R-E-A-C-H-S-E-A-N at berkeley.edu.